welcome to the Words of Grace podcast, where we seek to clarify, amplify, and apply the Sunday morning sermon at Grace Community Church. From time to time, we'll address other topics. We hope these podcasts help you press the Word of God into your everyday life. Good afternoon. Today is June the 5th, and I'm with Scott Patty for Words of Grace podcast. Good afternoon, Justin. Good afternoon. How are you doing, sir? I am well today. We are... No one can see us, but we are glowing. <laughs> and we are glowing for a reason, because we have been parking cars for vacation Bible school. That's right. We're both sitting here in these bright yellow, greenish, yeah. I call them the highlighter pen shirts. Yes. yes. Neon. Yeah, you'll come on our campus and everyone's dressed like they're in Galilee, except for me and you. Except for us. We are in the parking lot, making sure, hopefully, making sure everybody's safe, safe. and driving slowly and That's right. kids get crossed well. Yeah, so we had our first day of vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always a fun time of year. Yeah, it is. It's a good time. We have yeah. a lot of wonderful volunteers serving and uh, kids coming and, mm-hmm. you know, meeting new people and they're hearing about Christ and they're situating themselves in the Bible times and yeah. getting their minds oriented to mm-hmm. to the way things started with the ministry of Jesus. And yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to, this kind of connects a little bit. We're going to talk about the congregational life here in a moment. I've got mm-hmm. some questions, but it was beautiful to see that congregational life this weekend. It started Saturday because we had men's breakfast, mm-hmm. but the whole focus was we're here to pray for our children's ministry. Yeah. So we spent time reading some verses and praying over this week. Great. And then we moved stuff around. Great. So these are guys that probably can't be here during the week. Uh-huh. They're like, hey, I can show up on a Saturday and pray and move stuff around. And then here you've got stuff going on all week. And yeah. you look around and you see, like you said, volunteers that are serving well. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like, I feel like from the passage yesterday, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about it, but you know, the, the praying, the loving, the serving, um, hospitable. I mean, all of that is kind of on display. That's right. Uh, this week, which is really beautiful. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, um, here here's where I want to start today. Um, first, give us a little bit of overview of where we were in First Peter. We've been in this section about suffering, mm-hmm. um, and this this passage felt a little different, maybe because it's like, wait, I thought we were in suffering. And yeah, I'm going to ask questions about that a little bit in a second, but give us a little bit of foundation for those that may be tuning in and, and haven't heard the sermon okay. uh, where we were. First Peter chapter four, verse seven through eleven. It was the text on Sunday. It is a text that deals with um, congregational life. Mm-hmm. Um, in but the text is put in the middle of a larger discussion yeah. on suffering. Mm-hmm. And of course, that discussion is in the larger context of being sojourners in the world. Mm-hmm. God's chosen people and then but in the world to declare his excellencies. So mm-hmm. we're seeing we're seeing the context of it all. So this Sunday we were talking about the congregational life together and uh, started out in a very interesting way. The the end of all things is at hand. So mm-hmm. we explained that that meant next. Yeah. Not necessarily um, uh, next week. Next yeah. week, but right. but next. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, and next on God's saving agenda, God's saving plan, uh, redemptive history agenda. And then, okay, so if that's next, we're living now. So how do we live now in light of what's next? Mm-hmm. And he gives some um, some exhortations about congregational life. Mm-hmm. I made the point that there are other places, really all the New Testament is telling us how to live mm-hmm. now 
in light of then, in light of the end. Right. Um, so because in this one, we only we pulled out four different things, and I didn't want to communicate that this is all. Right, right, yeah. But it is certainly yeah. four very important ones. And so, um, you know, he tells us uh, that um, in these last times we're to pray, mm-hmm. uh, have a self-controlled life and a sober-mindedness so that we can pray. He tells us we're to love, to show hospitality, and then to steward the gifts that God has given us, the abilities, the capabilities, the opportunities that God gives us to steward those well so we can use them to serve other people, whether it's through speech, speaking, or whether it's through more practical service-oriented things. That develops, that becomes a part of a healthy congregational life that, um, putting it back into the context, that helps us as we sojourn and even suffer yeah. for Christ's sake in this world. Yeah. Good. Which I want to ask a question based on what you just said. Yeah. Because I think if you're just reading along and you're not maybe thinking, you're just kind of reading and you see, okay, he's talking about suffering and he jumps over to talk about congregational life, you may think, oh, why is this here? Like, mm-hmm. how does the focus on congregational life actually help us in our suffering? Mm-hmm. So could you flesh that a little? Why, why do you think that's positioned right here and why that's so helpful in our suffering Yeah, in, in the world that we live in. Yeah. Well, let me give you a, an illustration from my own life, um, a, really a story from my own life. When I became a Christian, um, I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and I went to a public school mm-hmm. here in Nashville. And at my public school, um, there was uh, a lot going on. And, and and so this is the late 70s, mm-hmm. 1970s, and there was a lot going on. And um, in our day, it, it wasn't, uh, there was some philosophical issue going on, and there was, yeah. a, you know, we did have those discussions. But basically, at my high school, um, people just liked to party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how to put it. We, right. we weren't having, we weren't having serious, like I said, cultural debates uh, yeah. as like we're having today as much as people just like to party. Right. We were teenagers. Yeah. But there was a pressure to that. Right. And uh, so I became a Christian over the summer, and I went back to that school campus uh-huh. and immediately faced pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, no one, no one um, you know, physically assaulted me for my faith. Uh, you know, it wasn't that yeah. kind of stuff. It was just the pressure. It was yeah. the constant the pressure to conform to what yeah, is normal. Yeah, it was the conversation. It yeah. were the comments. The, you know, you you you've done what? You've become a Christian. You you know, what is this you're talking about? Yeah. And and so I felt it, and I felt and and so I would go to school, mm-hmm. but the, one of the things that really helped me. Mm-hmm. To, to stay true to Christ, to put off the old life mm-hmm. and to walk in the new life and to face a little bit, just a little bit of maybe the tension and pressure and ridicule, so to speak, mm-hmm. of, of that, was I had a healthy church to go to. Yeah. I would go to church um, and I, would, I was there on Sundays and on Wednesdays and any gather, any other gatherings we had. Because that was a place of support. Yeah. That was a place where it was it was a healthy church. There was the mm-hmm. truth was being uh, taught there. I was there was prayer going on. Mm-hmm. 
um, people were mutually encouraging other to stay strong in Christ and strong in the faith, mm. to resist temptation, to present ourselves to God as living sacrifices. These, this was the language that we were using um, as teenagers. Yeah. All right, now, that answers the question. Why would Peter write about mm. a healthy congregation and, and, and congregational health yeah. in the midst of a larger discussion on suffering. Yeah. Because healthy churches, uh, places you can go for prayer and truth and encouragement, relational connection, service, are places that build us up in strength so that we can continue to face whatever pressure we might be facing at school or on the job, or in a neighborhood, or in a family gathering, when there are people around us who do not hold to the Christian faith, and might actually be calling us to compromise our faith, mm-hmm. either directly or indirectly. Right. There and there, that's why I think that's there. At least it's one of the main reasons that right. it's there. Could be others. Right. Yeah, I and mean, I think if we probably all sat around and talked, we can come up with the same story that you just came up with. Of yeah. How how the church has helped in, in those times of, of temptation, those times of struggle in the world, and being able to run to a place where you can be encouraged, prayed for, pointed back to truth. and Because mm-hmm. uh, I think, Scott, we, we live in a world where, man, it just gets tough, and you just go, I just want to give up. Yeah. And and it's so good to have someone, a brother and a sister there to say, no, don't give up. Don't give up. That we're here. Don't yeah. give up. And and that's a good point because because we what we don't want to— uh, think is that there's something I can do, some church I can go to, or some Bible study I can do, or some way I can pray that relieves all of this pressure and tension mm-hmm. of living in the world. You can't. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to come with the territory. Exactly. We've yeah. been saying over and over from the words of Jesus and Paul and Peter and John. That, that in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial you're going through. Count it all joy when you encounter various temptations and, and yeah. trials. That's James. They're all of the apostles, and following Jesus the Lord, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. In this world, there's going to be a level, mm-hmm. some level of tension and pressure. Mm-hmm. So we can't say that we, that we can find a way to relieve it Right. What we what we are aiming at is we can find the grace of God to be sustained in it mm-hmm. and to be faithful in it. Yep. And and a healthy church, like Peter is pointing out here, is one of those ways, and really not just one, it is a key way yeah. that the Lord sustains us and strengthens us mm-hmm. for faithfulness to Him and not compromising our faith. Not, not just you know becoming discouraged and defeated and hopeless mm-hmm. and giving up, but really staying strong. Yeah, great. The the other question I want is more of the the apply question. Mm-hmm. So at the very end, the last one you talked about was stewardship and specifically stewardship of our gifts and our talents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know when I was a new Christian, often. I would have some of these thoughts and and I wouldn't be shocked if there's some people at grace that may have them when they come in. You could have the one thought, which is you look around and you see, you know, things happening on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and you think, well, they don't need me. Mm -hmm. They've got everything they need. Mm -hmm. Or the, how do I even begin to think about where I am gifted? How am I gifted? Mm -hmm. How, where do I start? So 
if you got that person that's, you know, on you got two different people, one saying they don't need me and one saying, you know, the church, I don't even know where my talent is. Yeah. How would you encourage people um, in a practical way to think through some of those thoughts? Uh, we do need you. Yeah. <laughs> and you do have things to give and to offer. I mean, uh-huh. so I'll just I'll just start there. Mm-hmm. You've got to remember that we do need each other. Yeah. To say they don't need me, mm-hmm. you know what? 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 You know what does that mean? Of course, we need each other. Yeah, every Christian needs other Christians. Every congregation needs Christians in it uh, to to exist and to to be strengthened. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just would say, discipline your mind and mm-hmm. and think more soberly about about this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so you show up at a church like Grace. And, mm-hmm. You know we're here and we're. Um, there are many people here who who have lots of giftedness to teach and lead and serve and do other things, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that we don't need everybody, right? Because we're not talking about just filling holes. Mm-hmm. So you could say, okay, I don't know. I mean, what what do we need in the children's ministry? We need we need a hundred to 150 volunteers every Sunday to serve mm-hmm. in the children's ministry. Oh, you got your 100, 150 people in the children's ministry. You don't need me anymore. No, because that's not all of ministry. Right. You know, ministry happens as we are encouraging each other, as we are speaking the truth in, in the Sunday school class or in the small group, as we are praying for each other. Um, not everybody's comfortable doing this, mm-hmm. but I think more people can learn to do it. Yeah. I'm trying to think this morning so we had vacation bible school this morning and i talked to many people adults coming in and out of the property and i've been here today with the staff and all that. I, i'm trying to think at least twice maybe three times but at least twice today i've stopped and prayed with someone briefly mm-hmm. so that's ministry yeah nobody signed me up to do that right you know there were people in in my path mm-hmm who shared a need in the moment, and we stopped and prayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just one example. So to, to answer your first question, they don't need me. Of course we need we yeah. need each other. Yeah, I'll give another little story. Um, I need this church. Yeah, like I've said it a, a thousand times. I'll keep saying it because it's absolutely true that when I come to church and I get greeted, and somebody tells me they've been praying for me, uh, that you know, or they share a word of encouragement to me. It helps me mm-hmm. stay focused and true. Yeah. So, I would say to the person who says they don't need me, I would say, no, we do need you. And when you come to church, have the mindset of, Lord, give me somebody to encourage today, who might be yeah. struggling and suffering to keep them strong in the faith. Yeah, that's good because you're you're kind of helping us see that they're. Yeah, there's that organized way to plug into ministry going mm-hmm. on, but mm-hmm. there's which we talk about at Grace all the time is mm-hmm. the organic way mm-hmm. to do ministry. And so sometimes it may be that in the parking lot, encouraging, praying, mm-hmm. or it may be in a classroom with a child and teaching mm-hmm. them the word. So mm-hmm. I like that. That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What was your second question? Second question was, you know, maybe you're sitting there saying, I, I don't know what I have to offer. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to even think about how do I begin to explore where I'm gifted? Like, yeah. any inside helpful tips that you would give people as they think about that? Yes. And once again, I, I, I would say, you know, let's change our way of thinking ab- about this. Mm-hmm. The problem is often that we see public people. Mm-hmm. We see people who are in positions that have to happen for things to run well. 
and we assume that's the only giftedness. Right. That's not really what what Peter is talking about here. Mm. He's talking about any form of service. So let's look at it this way. The gift of God to us is time. Mm. The gift of God to us is energy to come, to show up. The gift of God to us is the truth of God's Word and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so we can give any of that to another person. It's very mm. similar to the first question you ask. We can give any of that to any, per, any other person at any time. Mm-hmm. The gift of presence, uh, we say here, show up. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I will keep stressing, how many times have people come to church and they go away encouraged in their faith by the mere fact mm-hmm. that when they showed up, there were other people here who yep. were in the faith, yep. and they looked around and said, I'm not alone. Yep. <laughs> you know, so presence is a giftedness, is a gift that we can bring to the congregation. Prayer, mm-hmm. as we said, encouragement, conversation, help someone find a class, sit next to someone who is alone, help someone find a seat, mm-hmm. um, check on someone when you've prayed for them the week before, invite someone to lunch, yeah, and then serve in the children's ministry or the youth ministry, yeah. teach a class, sing a song. Yeah. Of course, there's the big right. stuff you know, that people see, the worship team or a teacher or something like that. Uh, but there are many, many other ways that are, you, don't, you don't sign up for it. You show up and you mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, again, testimonies after testimony. How many times have I heard, mm-hmm. when I came to Grace, I was greeted? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Why? Because it was a greeter. Yep. And the greeter used his or her time and energy, and that's a gift. Yeah. To to give to the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. I'm hearing you say instead of exploring where's my gift or talent, but just be intentional with where I'm at in my presence, and seeing what opportunity comes to be that encouragement. Yeah. To be that way of of helping someone. Exactly. I mean, I feel like it's almost like a different instead of sitting there, well, don't worry about where you're gifted necessarily. I mean, not that that's a bad question to ask, right, right. but just be intentional with what you already are doing. So you show up to church, well, be intentional with that. Yes. If, you, if you're going to go sit in a discipleship study, well, be intentional mm-hmm, with that. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I be helpful and encouraging today? Most people discover their, quote, giftedness mm-hmm. by just doing stuff. Yeah. I did not know that I was a greeter yeah. until we started grace. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, somebody had to greet yeah, and people started showing up and all of a sudden I realized that I liked it. Yeah. I liked being the guy at the door mm-hmm. and it just was fun. Yeah. And it gave me energy mm-hmm. and well, that's not for everybody. Right. But you didn't know that until you started doing it. I didn't know it until I started doing yeah. it. And then I'm like, Oh, I think I've discovered another way that I contribute to yeah. the congregation yeah. along with preaching the sermon. Yeah. I've, I've found this way too. Now there are other things that clearly are probably not my best way of contributing. Yeah. Um, I would do them if I had to. Right. But if I had a choice, I'd say, well, give me something else because I, it just feels more natural to me. Right. I would say to people do that. Yeah. And they, you will find some way yep. of, uh, of contributing somehow. Yeah. to the congregation. And to the, and the point being, and then we'll wrap this up, the point being that congregations can be places 
are supposed to be mm-hmm. places where sojourning believers in the yep. world every day being mm-hmm. pressured by the world mm-hmm. and the flesh and mm-hmm. the devil can come and be built up in the faith to be faithful in that pressure. Yep. I think that's a main part of what Peter is driving at yeah. in, this, in this book. Well, great. Well, thank you for a great sermon. And if you're listening, just be praying, praying for us as a congregation. That's right. That we would be that place that people who are having a hard time can come and be encouraged and be lifted up and prayed for. Yeah. Um, So thank you again. And we'll be back in First Peter this week. All right. All right.